0: hello thank you for welcoming me thank you for welcoming me to the table
1: welcome do you have your character
0: i do all right i have a backup in fact because i think you're gonna pick mine
1: it's gonna be me Welcome to Chronically Narnia, the podcast in which my co-host and I discuss the Chronicles of Narnia chapter by chapter, and today we are discussing the ultimate, or the final, the very last, the end all, the culmination of the voyage of the Dawn Treader. This is chapter 16, and it is called The Very End of the World. Wow. Wow. Very apocalyptic. hmm I am a little sea shepherdess who will one day, possibly, probably not, run with my arms outstretched to be reunited with Lucy for the first time, also known as Kristen. And this is my co-host.
0: I'm a sea sheep.
1: You're a sea sheep.
0: I am. <laughs> <laughs> that was... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, that was me trying to bah underwater. Um, anyway, I'm also known as Chris.
1: Yeah, I was gonna be the non-character formerly known as Eustace. Mm-hmm. Um, but I decided I to two be a little... lines
0: in this, you know, and an epilogue.
1: He gets a single sentence epilogue, <laughs> and he does not talk to Aslan when Aslan shows up. Well, yeah. Lucy asks about him.
0: Yep. Like, and Aslan's like, nope piss that's, off
1: that's how non-character
0: he is yeah anyway hey so, last hey, chapter last chapter we're done with this book maybe except for like a wrap-up episode or two
1: we've arrived
0: wow it was a journey we did it was it. an island hopping it was journey. it
1: was almost like a voyage yes. one could call it
0: wow uh so anywho,
1: i have for for the for purposes of reading the books, I have an all-in-one book. It is, it is all seven its books in one binding, and it was given to me as a gift. And this I carried with me into work yesterday. Uh-huh. One of my coworkers walked over and was just like, reading the dictionary, huh? I was like, yup. Just walked away. No additional questions, no further banter, just reading the dictionary, huh? that's all i just thought it was
0: funny thanks for that cherry little story i'm sorry just started start our podcast off how do we usually start this off we
1: usually start this off with some kind of banter or something nathan appreciates it
0: yeah i just wasn't sure what to add to that
1: okay well fine you you could have laughed or been like you could borrow my books or something i don't know
0: i'm sorry you're sorry you're sorry i'm a terrible co-host
1: you you are (laughs) don't <laughs> help me. Mm-hmm. I can't banter alone. Um we start this podcast by doing our summaries. Mm-hmm. So as Chris and I are reading through the chapter, we each select five sentences at random. No, we intentionally choose five sentences out of the chapter and try to tell the plot of the chapter. We try to summarize the chapter with the chapter's own words, you know narnia blackout poetry
0: you know the you say that as a joke but doing the sentences at random seems like a fun new segment for the next book (laughs) just
1: do some dice rolling for page number and
0: like that could replace our rewrite section as we choose five completely random sentences and have to put them together in some kind of meaningful order (laughs) that does sound a little bit fun but also like
1: something that would be fun one time
0: (laughs) (laughs) i don't know we might get some gems out of that but uh, anyway, let's...
1: I don't think it should replace the rewrite, but I think it would be a fun activity. You know, we could do it in our wrap-up episode. We could do a whole chapter rando one, where we do like a roll and randomly select five sentences out of the entire book.
0: We could do that. Let's do that. Uh, anywho, do you want to go ahead and read first? Do you want me to read first? What do you want?
1: Well... um, I'll read first. Go for it. Here is my summary. About two o'clock in the afternoon, well victualled and watered, though they thought they would need neither food nor drink, and with Reepicheep's coracle on board, the boat pulled away from the Don Treader to row through the endless carpet of lilies. No one in that boat doubted that they were seen beyond the end of the world into Aslan's country. Then it vanished. And since that moment, no one can truly claim to have seen Cheep the mouse. Dearest, said Aslan very gently, you and your brother will never come back to Narnia. Then all in one moment, there was a rending of the blue wall, like a curtain being torn, and a terrible white light from beyond the sky, and the feel of Aslan's mane and the lion's kiss on their foreheads, and then the back bedroom in Aunt Alberta's home in Cambridge."
0: There you go. We have three sentences in common. (laughs) Wow. I expected
1: you to do lots different than me because I focused just on, like, that part of it. I expected you to be like, no, I'm going to talk about Caspian's weird moments. I wanted
0: to, but I couldn't find a way to do it. Anyway, we have three sentences in common. I'll go ahead and get into those. It always feels weird to me when we do that because it feels very self-indulgent. But, let, but wait till you hear me say it. I'm like, <laughs> Let
1: me read it. <laughs> we'll see which one of us wrote down a typo.
0: Yep. Anyway. Kristen Here. will
1: have a really hard time in the editing when she knows that one of us said it wrong and wants to re-record.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway, here's mine. After that, for many days, without wind in her shrouds or foam at her bows, across a waveless sea, the dawn treader glided smoothly east. About two o'clock in the afternoon, well victualed and watered, though they thought they would need neither food nor drink, and with Reepicheep's coracle on board, the boat pulled away from the dawn-treader to row through the endless carpet of lilies. Then it vanished, and since that moment no one can truly claim to have seen Reepicheep the mouse. "'There is a way into my country from all the worlds,' said the lamb. But as he spoke, his snowy white flushed into tawny gold, and his size changed, and he was Aslan himself, towering above them and scattering light from his mane. Then all in one moment, there was a rending of the blue wall, like a curtain being torn, and a terrible white light from beyond the sky, and the feel of Aslan's mane and a lion's kiss on their foreheads, and then the back bedroom in Aunt Alberta's home in Cambridge. Indeed. There you go. So, there you go. So a lot of stuff happens in this chapter. A Uh, lot
1: of stuff that we didn't include in our summary.
0: That's I think that's very, what we're
1: going to start with.
0: That is, uh, that's quite true. So they sail east. They keep sailing east.
1: We start with our character introductions. Like they're they're continuing to sail east, and this chapter starts with them being like, "Oh yeah, there was another underwater person," and that's it. Like that, we pick up right where the last chapter left
0: off. Uh, basically, yeah. So you we- s- you're
1: looking at me confused. Like you don't understand why I'm talking about this. Why
0: are you talking about character introductions?
1: I'm talking about the chapter beginning. Yeah. And you and I introduced ourselves as oh. the little sea shepherdess. Oh, yes. Okay, okay. And the
0: sheep. Sorry. I completely missed that one over my head. <sighs>
1: The energy drink in the fridge because i'll go I'm, get it for I'm you fine.
0: i have my coffee anywho
1: do you want the rest of the coffee from the french <laughs> press because there's another like quarter of a cup in there
0: i'm good anyway yeah sure character introductions uh lucy sees one more sea people it's a little sea shepherdess girl with sheep yep cool uh apparently this also like i mean i i, I had to pause here and just ask myself like why there are sea sheep in the first place because normally like people raise sheep for wool but like
1: they're, that's not really
0: a thing with fish like so they're
1: guess... they're not sea sheep but <sighs> there is a a herd of fish that they're grazing and i assume it's because they're raising them for food not yeah it's it's more like some sea chickens or sea fish uh or chicken of the sea t- some gigantic tunas or something. Yeah, uh-huh. Bigger than the Little Shepherdess entirely.
0: Which, again, adds weight to the theory that, like, for whatever reason, the uh, the magical strong water does not sustain the sea people. Yes. As well as it does the people on land. I so. would also like to point out
1: that I said sea fish as yeah, opposed as a... to land fish.
0: Or mm-hmm. air fish. What are birds, really? Fire fish. Yep. <laughs> Anywho. So... Lucy sees this girl, the girl sees Lucy, they instantly become best friends. Has that happened to you before? Like, you just see somebody through a window walking past and you're just like, we're friends now. Yep. Yes. Okay, that's actually happened?
1: I don't think they felt that way.
0: But... <laughs> Did they see you? Or was this just like you looking in the yeah, window? This and is like,
1: like the, the, the child at daycare who wants out. <laughs> like, every adult who walks by is a potential for freedom. Let <laughs> me <laughs> You can be my friend.
0: You walk by some scary daycares, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> these children begging to get out. I'm
1: talking about me okay. not wanting to be at daycare.
0: Okay. <laughs> I was like, I thought these are just random places you wandered past. No,
1: I'm saying I'm the one looking out at someone who could rescue me. <laughs> okay. Holy gee. That's why I said it's not the other way around. The other person doesn't see me ah. as a potential friend. They see me as a frightening little monster. Gotcha. Um, anyway.
0: Anyway, so they have this fun little moment. They become best friends, but they'll never see each other again, so who cares?
1: We also confirm that we were right to be frustrated with Reepicheep for jumping into the water. Why did Reepicheep jump in the water, Chris?
0: Oh, because the, the Sea King shook a spear at him, and he took that as a threat and a challenge. And
1: he, he dove in to have it out right then and there, and got distracted by the fact that the water was sweet.
0: Yep, and in the water where he can't breathe, and surrounded by other folk. Yeah. So, outnumbered, can't breathe, Reepicheep's just like, yep, yeah, I can do it.
1: Yep, he's just gonna dive in and... <sighs> for honor's sake.
0: Yep, for honor's sake.
1: This close to the edge of the world
0: and his goal. Yep, he was going to throw it all away because Reba Cheap is absolutely an idiot. A yep, um, little bit. But <laughs> the, the further I've gotten into the bu- this book, the less I've liked Reba Cheap. Like, I was in your boat at first, <laughs> where you were just like, Reba Cheap's an amazing character. And I thought that for a second. Like, in the last book and this one, I was just like, yeah, I can get on board with Reba Cheap. You and then d-
1: We're not. And you then, were super resistant to the idea of liking Reba Cheap at all at, I know, the whole I, time.
0: I don't know. I came around a bit, but like this book has made me just like him less and less and less as time has gone on. Okay, whatever. Because like he consistently just endangers himself and the crew for the sake of like honor.
1: Yeah. You also and, don't like the Klingons, do you, in Star Trek?
0: I I don't because like I I dislike one note characters like I always have, and I feel like except for like this chapter in this book, Cheap is a very one note character. Like he doesn't have depth or complexity. He was just like, see stimulus, respond this way to stimulus. That's his entire thing. Like see threat, attack threat, have honor. That's (laughs) Cheap. in six words.
1: I think that that might be our stinger for the beginning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so don't love this character. Uh, However, they keep sailing onward And they come up to the horizon and they just see an endless sea of whiteness. And if we are at a more northern latitude, it might be ice. Oh, what? (laughs) Well, you see.
1: Can you please explain to me (laughs) how latitudes work on a disk
0: world? Yeah, I spent way too long thinking about this.
1: Me too! I honestly, I wrote it down, quote, higher latitudes, unquote, question mark, question mark. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's clearly more north there's but but more north is the giants. I Well,
0: we'll we'll establish at the we'll establish at the end of this chapter that the cosmology of Narnia makes zero sense. It really does. Uh I'll 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 get to that. However, like going into this, my thought was, okay, this can kind of work if like hey, let's say Narnia was in our solar system. It's still a disc world. It will work. If the same, like.
1: Like if there's an axial tilt where the the top of the disc is further away than the bottom of the disc? Like the
0: same side of the. Like the same edge of the disc is always facing the sun. So the south is always facing the sun, and then the north is the furthest from the sun. Yes. The
1: issue with that is that you can't have a a sunrise, sunset in that scenario without it then, like, warming the lower part of the north.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, you,
1: you, you could. But like if there was life on the other side of the disc that would be hemispherically yeah, what's
0: the, switched. What's on the other side? Yeah. Like it's a disc. What's on the bottom? We never figure this out.
1: Yeah. I do really like the idea of like the wave of water just the standing wave wall uh-huh. at the edge. Yeah. That Reep-a-Cheep goes up over the wave and disappears. And I really do like the way that they portray that in the film. Like, I think it's aesthetically pleasing which you have you seen the film nope you've not seen the film we'll have for to this watch one. the movie so you, yeah. we will have to watch the movie for this one and see
0: that's the one that didn't profit enough off of and we're just like no we're not making the last two
1: yep <laughs> correct
0: cool uh, so I want to see how terrible that is so this is not a Discworld climate podcast yeah so
1: let's... however I still want to know why they didn't just say north mm-hmm or something when they wanted to say colder climates. Yeah. If this was a colder area, if this was more north, yeah. no. Lewis decided to say, if we were at higher latitudes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I would expect it to be snow and ice.
0: Yeah. But it's not snow and ice, so they continue toward it. There and- are
1: other ways of wording it <laughs> that do not, in fact, just, pro- oh, whatever, go ahead. Uh-huh
0: they make the discovery of their own providence because they realize oh hey the oh, yeah, all the yeah, water isn't try, flowing toward they the they try, try of the world.
1: to start going south yeah or whatever they start trying to go in a different direction than straight
0: yeah the
1: way they've been going into the sunrise yeah which we we call east yeah they apparently call east as well so they've been going straight towards the sun this whole time and they kind of turn off um because they see this field of white in front of them mm-hmm. and they kind of turn off to try to go parallel to it and discover quite by accident that they have been in a like 40-foot wide current driving them to the edge and that as soon as they exit it, they are in perfectly still pond-like water, which is why the sea people dropped so quickly behind them because they weren't actually in the current.
0: Yeah. So that's the thing. So all of the water in the ocean is not flowing over the edge. There is just like a river. Yeah. Yeah. That's going through the ocean.
1: There's kind of, yeah. I mean, uh, currents yeah. work that way. That's like how yeah. riptides work and things yeah. like that. There are parts of the water that are more quickly moving due to underwater. Yeah,
0: I just structures. don't understand how the physics work. I just can't. I just can't get there. And I have. Have, have a, you ever
1: heard of a drowning machine?
0: Look, what you do in your spare time is not <laughs> what we address. <laughs> no, on no, no. There is
1: actually a structure that is called a drowning machine. Yeah where on certain um m- land structures and dams can also create these things where there is an underwater current mm-hmm. that just moves in a spiral parallel to the ground
0: mm-hmm.
1: and will drag if you get caught in that you will never surface again you will be caught in the the flow underwater
0: i feel like i've heard about something like this but yeah. I'll,
1: I'll send you a youtube video
0: okay it's terrifying but it's
1: called the drowning machine <laughs> and it's just what they title that particular kind of current and flow that happens around uh, frequently amount around man-made structures like mm-hmm. dams and things like that
0: fun yeah Fun factoids that we but share currents, on this podcast.
1: currents are really cool. And, like, fluid <laughs> dynamics are really cool. But, yeah, like, that is possible. But it's also yeah. weird to be, like, yeah, they just came away from Romandu's a, um, island and went straight towards the sun and happened to be in this. This
0: 40-foot wide current. Yeah. Which is very narrow. Yeah. It's like that's would be, like, about as wide as the ship, probably. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Um, and they come up and they they get closer to the white stuff, and they realize they lower okay, the
1: boat and send the little boat over, and yeah. they come back and say it's lilies, lilies,
0: millions of lilies, just coating everything. Like this is this but is what you get But what's the depth? Uh, still three and a half fathoms. Two,
1: two, two, three, three and a half fathoms. Something like that. Yeah,
0: so. still deep. Lilies everywhere. So
1: obviously though. not lilies. Sorry, this is Eustace pushing up his glasses over here.
0: <laughs> not real lilies.
1: Obviously not real lilies. Well,
0: the, and the narrator says probably they were not, but they were very <laughs> like them. <laughs> so does that just mean like a different species of lily that grows in Narnia? Is this like, I don't know.
1: Well, they're obviously not the same species as grow back in Narnia proper, mm-hmm. because they said these are like the, nar- the ones that grow in our ponds. Yep. But also... From two fathoms deep. Anyway.
0: So they hit the lilies. They keep going on for several days.
1: They call it the Silver Sea.
0: hmm
1: They had another name for it, but...
0: Uh, Lily Lake. The Lily Lake or the Silver Sea. Silver Sea sounds better, I think.
1: Yeah. You know, since it is a sea.
0: Yeah. No, it's a lake. What are you talking about?
1: What is a sea but just a gigantic lake? Whoa. That's what the Caspian Sea is. Oh. That's...
0: Aha. That's clever. I see what you did there. Yep. Could have called it the Caspian Sea. Yeah. <laughs> Could have done. Uh. Anyway. Or not. So they keep going several days uh, until they pretty much run out of current, run out of steam. They can't go any further in the ship. And they're just like, well, if we don't go any further, we got to take the boat. And then Caspian gets real weird.
1: Yep. Caspian just, you know, forgets himself for a bit.
0: He forgets himself, and he's just like, you know what, Cheap has pledge to go off to find the end of the world and i'm going with him and here's how i'm doling out everything like go back to trumpkin be like peace i'm gone here's the people who are responsible yeah. for selecting the next king she's a new king and like this comes out of nowhere yes like at does. no point in the in the like previous chapters has caspian kind of intimated or insinuated in any way mm-hmm. that he wants to like never come back like he he's never really had doubt about this journey. He's never just like, yep, Cheap will join you. Sounds like a good idea. Just like out of nowhere, he's just like, no, I'm leaving.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it's weird.
0: And and he be and his character changes uh, very markedly, and he becomes like this very like. So he's like, I'm gonna leave, and everybody's just like, no, you're not. No, you're not. If anybody else did this, you'd call him a deserter. Like
1: yeah, if any of us did this, you'd call us deserters.
0: Yeah, like well, where are you going, Caspian? You got a kingdom. You're a man of the people. And he,
1: and Reepicheep calls him out too, and he's like, "How can you talk to me right now? Like I'm a king. Like don't mm-hmm. tell me what to do."
0: And, and well, and then Caspian has his like, "I am the Senate" moment. Yes, where <laughs> he does. Whereas somebody's just like, "You can't do it," and he says, "Can't?" says Caspian sharply, looking for a moment not unlike his uncle Moraz. Yeah. And so there, there's an implication here that. I don't know. Mraz was all about the acquisition of power, and he was like, "Oh, I want my control. I want power. I don't want the, you know, this other kid to take my throne because I have a son. Like, consolidate mm-hmm. my wealth and my whatever."
1: I think I think what we're seeing in similarity to, to Mraz is not a power grab, but mm-hmm. selfishness, just selfishness. Yeah. Which
0: I don't know, it's, it just... This is, this is the lust moment of your... Yeah, it's just, what is, what is tempting him? Just, like, the thrill of adventure, like, because he gets, he gets very, he gets very angry, very, I think, like...
1: I think that the closest thing that we have to, a, like, a, a development into this moment is in, was it the previous chapter that Caspian said, I wonder why it is that you can always get into our world, but we can never get into yours. Mm-hmm. Where he, like, has this moment of just being, like, resentful of the fact that he can't leave this world in the way that Eustace and Lucy and Edmund and Peter and Susan have been able to leave their world and come back.
0: Why is that? Why is it a one-way street?
1: Well, it's not, because (laughs) in the last book, Mm -hmm. Aslan created the door in the air and sent the Telmarines back to Earth. Correct. Like, it's not fully a one-way street, but it is absolutely like an accidental one-way street. Like these these people from like the Telmarines accidentally, like the 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 ancient Telmarines accidentally ended up in Narnia, uh-huh. and then Aslan sent them back. Yeah, let them go back. Those that didn't want to stay and abide by Aslan's rule,
0: mm-hmm. so
1: he kind of sent them back. Yeah. With that said though, there's also like Caspian might be regretting here. Mm-hmm. But like Caspian had full opportunity to go through that door too. Yeah. Like he was part of the he was part of the group that was sitting there being offered to be sent through the door.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I I have this pet theory of, like this is my headcanon where uh It is a two-way street, but the only things that can go from Narnia into Earth are animals. And when they get to Earth, they can't talk anymore. Mm. And so just like scattered around the globe, there's just collections of like... Narnian animals. Really woke sheep. (laughs) Or like horses.
1: Fish sheep or...
0: Like fish or horses that are just like, man, this sucks.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Is that why dogs are so cool?
0: Possibly. (laughs) But uh, it's been happening forever. Anywho... So Caspian has this moment and yells at everybody. They tell him he can't leave. Uh Reepicheep
1: all... even says you promised to be a good king to the because Caspian says then no one's going. Mhm. Yep. Like if I can't go then no one can go. Not Reepicheep you're not going. Yeah. And Reepicheep says you promised to be a good leader to the to the talking beasts. Yeah. Like that's what he says. Like you're not letting me go. You promised to be a good leader. Reap, you are the chief mouse. <laughs> like, yep. this is the closest to a parallel we can have of the two of you being leaders among your people.
0: But Caspian and, doesn't have a special prophecy saying, like, he's going to go to the end of the world. And
1: Cheap's just like, nope, I'm I'm going. Peace yep. out. keep can be in charge.
0: Yeah.
1: But, like, anyway. And then <laughs> Caspian says, talking beast, yes, but not beasts that won't stop talking. Mm-hmm. And gets all sassy with Reepicheep, and it threw back to, like, when they got caught by the slavers and Reepicheep wouldn't shut up. Mm-hmm. But, like, it just made me chuckle a little bit there.
0: Well, also, Caspian in this book is, uh, is a teenage boy, and the only way they talk him down is to remind him that he might get some.
1: Yeah. Like, what? But, like, but you promised Ramondu's <sighs> daughter they, that you would return.
0: And he was just like, oh, oh yeah, well, hey, that's important, I guess.
1: And he storms off <laughs> and goes back to his room, and when they come to talk to him, mm-hmm. he is changed. He is...
0: Yeah, well, he had a chat. He had he a talking to. Had,
1: he did have a talking to.
0: By Aslan himself. Aslan... Well, not really, but.
1: Well, He wouldn't have fit in the cabin, obviously. Because we
0: know he can't change size. No, absolutely. <laughs> it's beyond his capabilities.
1: Also, has Caspian seen Aslan since... Um. Like the, the Bacchus situation in the last book?
0: Because
1: uh, I think the only person in this book who's seen Aslan is Eustace.
0: Yes. I feel like we're missing something here. Oh, that, Lucy
1: saw him on Cariacan's island. Yeah. But it was just the two of them, right? Like, Yes.
0: Caspian has not Edmund seen him. Edmund
1: hasn't seen him.
0: Yeah. Well, Caspian does say he talked to Aslan before going on the journey, and Aslan gave him his blessing.
1: Yeah, which made, made me think that it was... In the whole, like, Bacchus scene and everything before Aslan left after, like, making the door in the sky. Mm -hmm. That Caspian went and said, hey, is there any chance I'd be able to find those lords? Do you know anything about them? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's what that was.
0: Possibly. Uh, So anyway, he gets a talking to, and he gets, like, dressed down apparently because he feels terrible. We don't know what Aslan says to him. not,
1: Not to, not, what does he say? He talked to him not violently but sternly or something. Yeah,
0: sternly but terrible all the same. Uh and he said the worst thing he could have said. Oh. Which we don't know what that is, but he said the worst thing he could have said. Which what do you what do you think that is for Caspian?
1: I don't know. Dis disappointment, um disobedience, um mm. you're never going to leave Narnia. Um Yeah. You're being like your uncle.
0: Possibly. But yeah, it was uh it was rough and he's inconsolable. And Lucy's just like, Well, we gotta head out anyway. Like
1: go back to Ramondu.
0: Couldn't stay here forever.
1: Also, um, before but uh also Aslan says to Caspian that Eustace, Edmund, Lucy, and Reepicheep need to go. Like yeah. he gives the instructions to Caspian.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: At this point, Edmund still hasn't seen Aslan.
0: Yep. Edmund's not important here.
1: I, like, why? Because
0: Lucy's the mediator and, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah, but Eustace got to see him. Like, I don't know, whatever. It's
0: weird. Yeah, so as we said in our summary, they pack up the boat uh, with supplies. They get Reaper Cheap in his little coracle. They head out. There's a fanfare. You know, they put up flags, see him off.
1: Put out all the shields, Tear the whole thing.
0: Yeah, tearful goodbyes, except Lucy's not really sad about it. Uh, she's, like, just more excited to keep going on. And... Is that so? Yeah. It's okay. what It says, Lucy shed a few tears. She could not feel it as much as you might have expected.
1: Oh, yeah. See, mm-hmm. and then it's the same thing with Cheap, When Reepicheep departs from them,
0: because mm-hmm.
1: they get to where their little boat grounds, Yeah, and Cheap jumps in his coracle and starts going over the wave, mm-hmm. and... They have a goodbye, and Reepichi pretends to be sad for
0: them, but really he's just so thrilled. (laughs) He's just like, I'm so done with you cowards.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Lucy gets to pick him up and hug him the way that she's wanted to since first meeting him.
0: Yeah. So they sail onward. They get to the edge of the world. There's a tall wave. Yep. Just hanging out there.
1: Reepichi pops in his coracle and pops on over, and nobody ever sees him again.
0: But, but what do they see? Because they get to the edge of the world and they see some stuff.
1: Yeah, they see. They see the
0: wave. They see behind the Behind the sun. And behind the sun. And what's behind the sun?
1: Mountains. Possibly. Mountains, mountains that were clearly not of our world nor Narnia because were they in our world, they were two or three times the height of where the snow would be. Oh. But they were still forested and lush and
0: if they were a fifth of the twen- a fifth of a twentieth of the size <laughs> in our world they'd have snow on top of them
1: yep there's there's right a certain there? <laughs> there's a certain amount of i just don't read that far like it's
0: uh huh a fifth isn't. of
1: the twentieth is like 20% of 5% like you, yeah anyway
0: yeah so like a so like 1 1% is that is that the math here so it's what, 20th would be 5%, a fifth of, like, a quarter.
1: If it would be, tw- yeah, 1%. So,
0: yeah. Uh, so if we say, like, you know, in our world, what is the height of a mountain? I don't want to do that, Chris. <laughs>
1: it's, okay. I don't. This is not an Aslan's Country Cosmology <laughs> podcast. This is it's not LP an geography. Aslan's Country Geography podcast. Yes. It is.
0: Anyway, the point is it's really pretty uh, and verdant and green and there's a musical sound and an amazing scent coming from it and they're just like ermagird. Oh, tell me
1: about the sound.
0: So It's not sad, but uh, it, would, it but, would... But who asked Lucy if it was sad? Um, oh. I yeah, did. I, yeah.
1: I did. The narrator uses first person...
0: For the first time, isn't it? For the
1: first time...
0: At the end of the fifth book.
1: At the end of the fifth book.
0: Third book. I didn't even catch that.
1: Oh, I caught it. <laughs> there are so many lines and exclamation points on that page. I circled it. I double underlined it. Oh, boy.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Mm. Yep.
0: So we've established that whoever the narrator is, it is somebody interviewing Lucy about these experiences.
1: Apparently...
0: Mm-hmm. Or maybe multiple of the children, but at least Lucy for sure.
1: There's there's my angry marks. <laughs> oh, Edmund and Eustace would never talk about it afterward. Lucy could only say, it would break your heart. Why, said I, was it so sad? Sad? No, said Lucy.
0: Hmm. There you go.
1: So all of a sudden, <sighs> the narrator is in fact... More than just a character, but someone who has talked to Lucy at some point.
0: Yeah, at least Lucy, if not more. Out of nowhere. But but at the same time, is also somebody who has been present where none of the children were. Yep. Like, knows details about the world that the Pevensies are not aware of.
1: Yes, but also doesn't know what the sound of this song is.
0: <sighs> so, such mystery. Uh, Anyway, yeah, it's... <sighs> I tried really hard to get a grasp on like this image because they go up to the edge of the world they see through the wave they see the sun beyond the sun is a distant country and there's it says something about them not seeing any sky there
1: yeah, they kind of just don't see the sky. And so this went into my, like, your little idea where you had your drawing of the flat plane within the, the within the Dyson Sphere. Yeah. That they're looking
0: up at the yes. Dyson
1: Sphere. Uh-huh. Um, at, the, at the inside of the Dyson that? Sphere. That is Aslan's country. Yeah,
0: I feel like that supports my idea.
1: Uh, uh, to some extent, but then what happens? The kids get out of the boat and walk through the shallows until the water gets shallower and shallower. Yeah. They are suddenly not feeling so grown up anymore and they feel like children again and they all hold hands mm-hmm. and they walk and walk in the shallows until they come to a sandy place, until they come to a, to a grassy place. And then they feel as though they have approached the place where the blue wall of the sky meets the ground.
0: Yeah. Like that scene in the Truman show. Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> Which is exactly what I was picturing. (laughs) Like, absolutely what I was picturing. Uh
0: Uh-huh.
1: But, like, have they, like, do they just need to step onto the blue sky and they're in Aslan's country? Like, what? Is this some other barrier? So it doesn't work with your Dyson sphere idea completely, but it also does. So I'm just like, man. Well, I the remember. edge of the world
0: is inconsistent. Yes. Because part of it you can go over and there's country beyond and there's the sun, but also part of it, there's a wall.
1: But you have to go straight <sighs> into the sun, I think, is the, is the deal. Like, because also, also, uh-huh. they've been going towards dawn. Like, that's why it's called the Dawn Trotter hmm They've been going towards the dawn. They've been going towards the sunrise. They've been sailing into the sunrise. That's where this current is taking them, yeah? Yes. What time did they leave the boat in the little boat?
0: I don't know. It was days ago. 2 p.m. Yeah. But it also says they go on for days.
1: They go on for days in the little boat? Yes.
0: Because it says something about them the going next to the day night they glide not eastward, and, yeah.
1: Okay. All right. And when the third day dawned, then in the brightness of the sun. Okay, all right. Cool, 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 cool. Sorry. So, I, was like, I was like, this is evening. The sun's behind them. Okay, you're yeah. right. You're right.
0: So they spent days in the boat. Also, I feel like in, in terms of the cosmology, we have to bring up, like, I forget what it's called.
1: I feel but like we're a- misusing the word cosmology <laughs> every time we use it. Well,
0: it's the structure of the universe. Like, it makes sense. Okay. I forget what it's called, but there's a very, very old idea. And uh, about the structure of the world, and this is—it's—it's
1: it's about origin and development.
0: Eh, yeah, yeah, kind of
1: cosmology is about origin. Okay, like, where did the universe come from? Well, we we learned that in the Magician's Nephew. Yeah, the cosmology of Narnia is Aslan's song. Okay, anyway.
0: the astronomy or whatever, the structure. So there's this very very old idea that I forget what it's called, and
1: the geology.
0: Yeah. It's a Old Testament biblical idea of the structure of the world based on a very literalist interpretation of the creation story.
1: The spheres in the firmament yes, and all the, of that. Where the yes, the spheres
0: in the firmament. And, like, you know, the earth is flat and there is a dome of yeah. the firmament. And above the it there's water. Uh, yeah. And I feel like this is almost hearkening back to that idea. Okay. Where, like, this is the firmament, this is, you know, the waters above from the waters below, like, that kind of thing. Yeah. Where that's, that's more what he's referencing here.
1: Yeah, I get that. I mean, there. I'm sure there's also some other mythologies that this is based off of as well. There's plenty of mythologies that talk about the edge of the world.
0: Yeah. So. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm thinking of like the Sinbad the Sailor movie, you know, whatever. I'm anyway. sure he
0: was referencing that too. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> that movie came out before he died, right?
0: Yep. Was before the, he wrote this. That was like the one thing Lewis was incredibly prescient of. He had a vision and he was just like. Um, yep.
1: <laughs> Reepa is Sinbad, sailing over yep. the edge of the earth.
0: Anywho. So they get there. Yeah, uh, we we did skip a very important character moment. So we're getting ahead of ourselves, and we have to talk about what Reepa does before he leaves.
1: Yes! Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. Reepa removes his sword, yep. throws it away, yep. out into the water, it stands straight up out of the sand, Yeah. and then he gets in his boat and leaves.
0: He says... I shall not i shall need it no more so like the the entire book reaper Cheap is this very one note character and he is giving up his only character trait <laughs> before going over the edge who is reaper Cheap now who does who is he going to be if he can't fight and defend his honor and like challenge folk who is reaper sheep who indeed that's that's the someone journey someone
1: who will let lucy hug him
0: yeah what's he gonna do <laughs> i don't know he's gonna be so bored but yeah that was a moment it
1: is kind of tragic though
0: yeah and that's a that's a complete change for him and we uh but we never nobody ever sees him again so we don't know how that turns out yeah unless he comes back in like another book anywho so yeah then what happens the what we talked about yeah so they they get to this grassy um, grassy knoll.
1: Flat place. Mm-hmm. Not a knoll. It's a grassy flat place. Yeah. And they stumble upon a glowing, bright, white thing. Oh, it's a lamb. It's a lamb. And it's uh, got a fire next to it and cooking up some fish and shares a meal with them.
0: Is this heavy-handed yet?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Has the imagery gotten uh, a bit too on the nose?
1: Yes. <sighs> However... It's muddled, it's so muddled because the lamb says, "Come have breakfast" in its sweet milky voice. <laughs> um, they sat down, ate the fish. Hungry now for the first time for many days, it was the most delicious food they'd ever tasted, including like Karaikin and Ramandu. Like yeah. Anyway, whatever.
0: Wizards ain't got nothing on Aslam. Mm.
1: And then Lucy says, is this the way to Aslan's country? And Aslan and the lamb says, not for you, for the door into Aslan's country is from your own world. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: What? said Edmund. "Is Is there a way into Aslan's country from our world too? There is a way into my country from all the world, said the lamb. But as he spoke... His snowy white flushed into tawny gold and his size changed and he was Aslan himself towering above them Mm -hmm. and scattering light from his mane.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, Aslan, will you tell us how to get into your country from our world?
0: Yeah, the kids still have no idea that he's Jesus.
1: Yep, they still haven't figured it out.
0: (laughs) Zero, zero clue.
1: However, this is where it gets muddy. Uh Uh-huh. Pardon the pun. Yeah. Which I'm about to reveal the pun. But I will not tell you how long or short the way will be, only that it lies across a river. Okay?
0: hmm
1: My first thought with that was, across the river Styx?
0: Yep. And
1: I was just like, but do not fear that, for I am the great bridge builder.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He tore down yeah. the bridge.
0: Yep. We've only ever seen him tear down a bridge.
1: <laughs> with the river God. Yep. And so... There's just so much imagery here that has just gotten muddy and muddled and messy. Like, is he talking about the river sticks? What is he talking about on the river? Like, mm-hmm. is this? Is, he's the great bridge builder. What? What does that mean? Why is the
0: like? There's a lot of imagery. That's why Tolkien had a problem with it. <laughs> just, There's it's a lot of it, mixed uh, mixed metaphors. It's
1: it's. So messy.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. But anyway, then they get bad news.
1: Yep. Lucy and Edmund will never
0: return. They will never come back. And they're just like, Gerd, why? And Aslan's like, You're too old. You're too old. Which they should have been like, but peter but, and susan peter were four susan years were older thus.
1: than we are now uh-huh. when they got in for the second time so nope, like the, you're just only allowed to come a certain number of yeah, times
0: yeah like the barrier to entry is getting lower and lower yeah like if lewis had kept going on like the new protagonist in book nine would have been three <laughs> <laughs>
1: if Aslan's jesus and lewis is putting out a, like a christian me- message then it's like, yeah, you can you can come to Aslan's country, but you have to, like, accept Jesus first or whatever. And, like, yeah. that's the river to cross? Like, I don't know. Anyway.
0: Possibly. Lucy, or maybe it's the Mississippi, and you have to go to Springfield, Missouri.
1: Lucy sobs. She gets upset that they're not coming back. But she does ask about Eustace. Eustace doesn't say anything.
0: Yep. Then
1: we have our other messy symbol here where Aslan creates the door in the sky for them to go back home Mm -hmm. by rending the blue wall like a curtain being torn, which is another, like, reference here within the Christian story when Jesus died on the cross and the curtain was torn in the temple that was rendered into and, like, the presence of God was able to, you know, come out of the temple or whatever. Whatever the symbolism of that moment is, I feel like he very specifically says like a curtain being torn because. And I wrote, um, how 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 many people know what a curtain being torn sounds like? Because like how how often is that just a general personal experience for somebody? I'm sorry. Okay, I've, I've I've been taken over. This is my. This is just. It's. This chapter got more muddy and messy in its symbolism than any of the other chapters, I feel like, as a single unit, have gotten throughout all of the books.
0: Even when Santa showed up?
1: Even when Father Christmas, (laughs) the Holy Spirit, showed up and dispensed his gifts. Uh Uh-huh. Yes.
0: Cool. Well, he also mentions that the reason they came to Narnia in the first place is that so, you know by knowing him a little here as aslan they can know him better there by you know whatever his mysterious but, other name is but
1: there i have another name you must learn to know me by that name
0: mm-hmm.
1: What? thanks aslan really appreciate that wanted a puzzle
0: what yeah and my first thought there was like this is a very personalized like faith experience <laughs> yes Yes, it is this is
1: a very personalized faith experience for the kids
0: because like they can't and you know they can't go back to your earth and use this as like a tool to reach other people because they can't just be like well let me tell you a thing about my friend aslan the lion who lives in another world yeah and uh, that's how i got to know jesus like you can't do that (laughs) so like that's like this is entirely for their benefit and being like well, you guys are going to have stronger faith because you spent 30 years ruling a different universe.
1: Yeah. Yep, absolutely.
0: Yeah, so there you go.
1: But you obviously didn't get out enough of like a, a third of a lifetime living here. You didn't get enough out of it. You had to come back again. Yeah. And help bring stability here and help place the king and be afraid of Bacchus. And then, well, the two of you didn't get enough out of that, so... uh you you had to come back again and go on a voyage with your cousin to fix him like yep to make him a non character
0: it was all about Eustace apparently and then they go back through the door and we're back in Aunt Petunia's not Petunia's what's her name Alberta Alberta cool i don't know why i wanted to call her petunia she's canadian yep And alberta's <laughs> back room and then we have a tiny little epilog yep being like, oh, by the way, there are two more things that I should wrap up here. And this is, again, one of those, like, very clear moments where, like, yes, Lewis is dictating these books. Where he just, he's like, back in the bedroom. Oh, yeah, sure. And uh, I should also tell you this, I guess. Um, yep. And uh, Caspian ends up marrying the daughter of Ramandu, who still doesn't get a name. Still
1: doesn't have a name. <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> she is now uh, Caspian's wife.
0: She bears some children and grandchildren. Doesn't get a name, though.
1: Nope. No name. <laughs> Aunt Alberta has a name. Ramandu's daughter Caspian's wife mother of kings nope no name
0: who cares um
1: (laughs) how does being we already established that we're very confused how a star has a daughter Mm -hmm. and then like how does the daughter of a star have children with a human like huh who knows huh I don't understand
0: yeah, the, the wording also seems to imply that they got married before even sailing back to Narnia. Yeah,
1: Caspian <laughs> married Ramondu's daughter, and they all reached Narnia in the end. Uh-huh. Yep.
0: It's just like, that's how into it he was. He was just like, nope, gotta get married here on this island.
1: Like, he's he's met her for like ten minutes.
0: Yep. We, we got kids to make on the way back. God, it's just...
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a little weird.
0: Yep. Yeah. And then Eustace... Eustace. Everybody always said that he didn't seem like the same boy that uh, he was before.
1: Back in our own world, everyone soon started saying how Eustace had improved and how you'd never know him for the same boy. Everyone except Aunt Alberta. You know, the boy's mother. Yep. Sorry. Um. Who said he had become very commonplace and tiresome, and it must have been the influence of those Pevensey children. Yep. That is the end of the book. That's the last <laughs> sentence in the book. Yep. Darn those Pevensey children.
0: And according to the book, that's the last time any of them go to Narnia. So, like, it's the, the last is-
1: time that Edmund and Lucy will go to Narnia, we don't get any information about Eustace.
0: Well, yes, but the Pevensies specifically. Oh yeah, the Pevensey. Yes, yeah. the book is basically saying, yeah, the Pevenseys are done.
1: Yep. They're not going back to Varnia.
0: And the very last line about them is, hey, they influence Jesus to be a commonplace. (laughs) Yep. So that was...
1: Woohoo! Cool. That's the book. Yep, and that was the last chapter. That's the chapter. That's not the whole book, but that's the chapter. Yeah.
0: I mean, I have a lot of stuff I want to say about the book, but we need to save that for our book wrap-up episode.
1: Yeah, I mean... Um, So, do you have anything else to say about this chapter specifically?
0: Um other than the fact that i want to expand on what i said last week where like the the structure of lewis writing these and being like instead of using the penultimate penultimate chapter to resolve plot points i'm going gonna to do a throwaway penultimate chapter to do world building and then try to jam everything into the last chapter yeah uh has now happened this is at least the second time i think actually the third time in the series that <laughs> the, the yeah. same structure has been followed and like, I don't get it.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't get it either. <laughs> I do feel like the falling action as an option is just nope. We gotta resolve it all in six paragraphs, or it's not not a good story.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe he thinks that like just children don't have the attention spans necessary for this because like he has really he has a then lot of why trouble would sometimes. You like,
1: include an entire chapter about the sea people.
0: I don't know. It's like sometimes he has like trouble connecting narrative threads from chapter to chapter to chapter I just, but
1: yeah anyway so what do we do next i don't have anything else to talk about on the chapter <laughs> yeah
0: sure we uh we usually do our rewrites all right well
1: i did my summary first so i believe you get to do your rewrite first yeah. this is hashtag narnia chopped and screwed in this section as chris and i are reading through the chapter we also take five sentences out of the chapter and try to tell a new story with them Trying to um, be creative, or something. Yeah. And so when we do these, it is a five-sentence rewrite where we try to create a new story out of the sentences as they're presented in the chapter by just pulling them out of context and creating new story. Yeah. So Chris, go ahead and read yours.
0: I like how we enter that every time as if like somebody's first episode they're listening to is like episode seventy-six. <laughs> Like, yeah, last, yeah. Last chapter of, uh, of Dawn Treader. That seems like a good place to jump in here.
1: As I understand podcasting format, it is the way that things are done. Yeah. In my listening to podcast experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway, here's my rewrite. And soon it was clear that the Dawn Treader could sail no further east. She and Caspian said to one another I fear that I can't stand much more of this, but I don't want it to stop you knew we'd have to go back to our own world sooner or later but there i have another name lucy could only say it would break your heart
1: wow i like that <laughs> i like that quite a bit that Thank was you. very nice mm-hmm. um, what specifically did you uh want to do with that
0: um to bookend it because I, my first rewrite for this book was doing a cute little love story and this is bookending it with another uh
1: heartbreaking heartbreaking love story
0: Aww. So, of of love and loss and departure. Okay. So, there you go.
1: There you go. I don't remember what I did with mine. So I'm going to go ahead and read it and Ooh, see what happens. It will be surprised to you. That's the funny thing, Captain, said Reynulf. Silence thundered Caspian. It's you. What did you say? asked Caspian. <laughs> yes, said Caspian with a sob. But this is sooner. I was just trying to make Reinolf mock Caspian.
0: I that's see. All. Yeah. I I thought you'd do something with Angry Caspian. Like, yeah. Cool. I, know,
1: I just. I found two sentences with Reinolf just being like, that's the funny thing. <laughs> it's you. And I, I liked that so there you go
0: delightful so shall we go into our uh final segment here sure so in our final final segment uh we call it baseless speculation because well i can't say i haven't read this book before now before doing this podcast (laughs) i haven't read uh i had not read don Treader or
1: or seen the movie
0: or seen the movie and so I didn't really know how the plot would unfold. So the entire book I've been baselessly speculating based on the information available about, you know, where the plot's going to go. Can't really do that anymore. <laughs> so I can't I can't really speculate about plot other than going into, like, headcanon stuff about what happens to the characters after they leave. Um, which I don't want to go into.
1: But you could take this time to reflect on, like, previous speculations that...
0: Yeah, previous speculations, I feel like my main thread throughout the whole book was doing my Seven Deadly Sins Island thing, which I'm reworking and I'm going to incorporate that into our book wrap-up because that talks about the entire thing. Um, Specifically this chapter, the only thing that I really came up with was the descriptions of Aslan's Country gave me an idea uh, where there's a parallel to what I feel like is going on here in Narnia. And if you're familiar with Dungeons & Dragons at all, (laughs) shout shout out to my other podcast. If you're familiar with the lore of Dungeons & Dragons, there is a realm that's called the Feywild. And the entire deal with the Feywild is that, unlike another plane of existence, the, the Feywild is basically like, the mirror image of the material plane or the real world. And so it's, you know, more magical and whimsical, but it's mirrored. Mm -hmm. And so, like, a lot of the same, like, structures and geography and motifs and uh, conflicts that you find in the real world end up finding a mirror over in the Feywild and, like, coming up with some new fun and whimsical twist. Okay. Okay. And so, it got me to thinking, maybe this is what Narnia is. Because I feel like, as we've gotten further toward the edge, like, it's gotten so much more whimsical, and it's gotten so much more... That's where all the mixed metaphors come from, is that this is this like, all a mirror image. This is, like, whimsical fun house twist on Earth. Mm -hmm. This is just showing up in a different place, and... You know, maybe the 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 Fey Wilds inhabitants are, as we all know, the Fey and the fairy folk, and we have like the you know the Sealy and the unSeely Fey, which is going back into like centuries worth of like fairy tale tradition. And, which
1: I mean is in is in line with Lewis.
0: Mm, and so maybe that's. Something that's going on with the inhabitants of Narnia. I'm not saying you know everybody there is actually a fae and pretending to be something they're not, but maybe this is why there's this hard age limit about people going out of Narnia and like Edmund and Lucy can't come back. Is because Aslan's just like, yeah, you're totally gonna see through this stuff soon. So, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> all the all this trickery that uh, that we've been pulling over your eyes.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I I like I like the idea of it being some kind of like parallel world or something, but I I don't like the idea of it being Faye. But whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was the only thing I had. But Jade is his map. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> hmm. it makes too much sense to have her be the queen of the Winter Court.
1: It really does.
0: Uh huh. So, anywho.
1: Okay. okay.
0: Uh, and then I have like a little tagline, I guess, for speculation going into the silver chair, which is our next book, which I wanted to just go and read the first sentence of that and like just run with it, but I decided not unless you want to bring it up right here.
1: It was a dull autumn day, and Jill Poole P- Jill Pole was crying behind the gym. Also, her name is Pole, P-O-L-E. Not pool.
0: You've been saying Jill pool for years. I have. Whoo! Crying behind the gym. Interesting. Interesting. Yep. The
1: chapter is called "Behind the Gym."
0: Wow. Cool. I don't know if I can go anywhere with that. However, I was thinking just based on the title, I know last time I, I threw out some speculation about the this being like a, you know, an antique or thrift store find of like one of those weird things where you go in and you find like an old armchair that somebody spray painted silver is like a failed art project yeah and like this entire book is about thrift shopping so i I came up with another theory equally as valid where thinking of other meanings of the of of the word chair it can also
1: can we be (laughs) done now (laughs) (laughs)
0: i still have to do social it can also it can also refer to someone in a position of power like a a chairman or somebody who's in an oversight committee if somebody is the chair and so what's the silver chair like what is what is this referring to and like maybe there's like a a a lord of narnia that comes back or is in like a a position of greater influence now and i think i think we might be able to bring it back to Tumnus. all i'm saying is like really quick
1: Tumnus is coming. This, back. Is, this cool. is this is this is going to be a thank you so much for joining us today <laughs> as we discussed the final chapter of the Chronicles of Narnia, Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Um, we will probably be taking a week off due to some family circumstances, but our next episode. We'll be out sometime in the next two weeks, and will be our wrap-up episode, hopefully with a guest, though we still haven't established who that may be. But in the meantime, you can interact with us on social media at Chronically Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at Chronically Pod on Twitter, or you can email us your fan art of Caspian and Romandu's daughter's wedding at Chronically podcast at gmail.com If you are interested in D&D, as Chris mentioned, we do have another podcast, which is called Carpe DM. That's the letters D and M. And it is a live play podcast where Chris is DMing, and I and four of my friends <laughs> are playing the game huh? and having a good time. Uh, if you ever come to where the sky meets the land, look for the tear in the curtain.
0: And it's the silver sea, not the lily lake.
1: It's the silver sea, not to be confused with the silver chair.
0: Yep. Maybe the silver chair is at the bottom of the silver sea. Bye. A fifth. Of a 20th.
1: Of a 20th.
0: So that, that would be 1%. 20%
1: of 5%. Yeah. switches we have, as reading, that, and then here, and there.
0: He also mentions that the reason they come to Martin... I have a
1: also, um, before, but, uh, also.
0: Sorry should have come up with where I was going with that sentence before I started it.
1: Oh, this is a really long episode.
0: <laughs> See threat. Attack threat. Have honor. That's Reepa cheap
1: <laughs> I can't banter alone! Four of... four? Five of my friends? Four of my friends?
0: Yeah, four. there's five of you. Yeah, and and like the- also
1: on the subject of giants, I saw a post the other day that said anyone over five eleven, their pronouns are fee, fi fo, fum. Um.
0: Maybe he thought it was a bad message to just be like, yes, you can come into my country in your world, you just have to die first.
1: <laughs> yes. But you decided just not said to. For what reason?
0: For because I didn't want to get up and find my book.
1: Ah. Uh.